Hello, St. Clair. Uh, wanted to offer a reflection for us about Sunday mornings, but this right now I'm coming at you not on a Sunday, though you may recognize this wonderful wall color from a usual Sunday morning. Wanted to be able to speak to why Sundays matter for us. This isn't the first time that we've talked about this, and it certainly won't be the last, but it felt like it was important to think again and in perhaps in fresh ways, think about, well, what does Sunday mean for us? Especially when Sunday as we know it has been thrown in the air. I think it's actually good and wise to say, yeah, why do we do that thing? And what can we be hopeful for going forward? And so very briefly, I'd like to be able to speak to that to us, especially ahead of this Sunday that would mark the first chance that we have for us to gather together as a community, though we know it will be very limited given a COVID reality. So I'm going to read for us uh, a passage here in Matthew 21. I'm going to give a little synopsis uh, and then explain why this passage of all the texts in Scripture felt like it was perhaps God speaking to us about our Sundays in this time. So this is the point in the Gospels where Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. And it's in Matthew 21, it's entitled the triumphal entry. Uh, and what takes place is that Jesus is saying to his disciples, he's giving them really specific instruction to go into the village and to be able to get a colt there, a donkey that's being made ready through some miraculous circumstance. And here now we find ourselves in this narrative of Matthew 21, where Jesus is entering Jerusalem with this setup he's arranged with his disciples. Verse 7 says, they brought the donkey and the colts. They placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. And it says, in Jerusalem, a very large crowd, uh, sorry, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds then went ahead of him, and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And then in verse 12, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables on, of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And then it says, do you hear the ch what the children are saying? They asked him. And Jesus said, yes. Have you never heard it read from the lips of children and infants? You have adorned a praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. Now, there's a lot going on in this passage but there are some things here that really struck me as I thought about St. Clair and what Sundays mean to us and what it is Jesus might be doing in our midst. 
What is it? You see Jesus entering the temple area. This is the religious place within the city where people gathered to worship. And so you could think about the temple area as equivalent to the place where we gather to worship week in and week out. And Jesus came in and he flipped tables and he overturned a system that was in place there that was oppressing the needy. And Jesus didn't seem to be nice about it at all. He came in and totally turned upside down what they knew at the time. The things that they had put in place and the things that they, uh, people had justified as being okay. And it makes me wonder if in all the changes that have come through COVID, Jesus has been quite all right to flip and turn upside down and to perhaps throw out some of the things that we have just let become normal along the way. I'm not even sure if I'm ready to declare kind of what things Jesus has flipped and overturned, but I think Jesus is more okay than we are with the change that has come about through COVID. I think Jesus is quite all right to say, you know what? I want things to look different. And so we are trying to let ourselves be open to that. Are we okay to let Jesus come in to serve our temple area and turn over some tables that needed to be changed? Perhaps Jesus is doing that in our midst. You also see in this passage that in the temple area, it became a place for healing. That the center of worship, those that were blind and lame, came to Jesus in that very place to be healed. And then it became a place for healing. And then we see the religious uh, leaders and authorities of the day looking and, and observing what was taking place, not liking it at all. And part of what they were so fed up with was the fact that kids were running around. And it's really interesting to note that the kids were running around, not causing havoc or just you know running around like kids do but they were actually saying and repeating the things that they heard the adults doing as Jesus entered Jerusalem they too were singing and shouting hosanna to the son of david that the children were imitating the adults right there in the temple courts and so i i think there is something for us in this that we've experienced incredible upheaval to what our gathering has been. And we never imagined today where we would be online like we have, but we are. And we don't know what things will look like when the day COVID stops. And so when we say Jesus may be flipping tables in our midst, it means that we might not go back to things looking the same. And we're okay with that. We want our hands to be open to say, well, what, what is it that you might be doing, God, that is new and unexpected for us? And are we willing to say that, oh man, maybe we got some things wrong and maybe some things had to go. And so we're trying to let this COVID time be something that can teach us, perhaps reform us, maybe even change us in ways that we didn't even know that we needed. We long for our gathering together, however that form may come week in and week out, that it is a place of healing. That we don't just do Sunday as a formality, but as a way of formation, as we've talked about. And that us, not, not just someone else, but us, those who are hurting and are in need, 
that we could be honest about the brokenness and weariness of our own lives, and that how we gather on a Sunday, whether it's online or in person, that that practice, that rhythm can become like a healing balm in our life and that we can experience healing, knowing the presence of God, the nearness of God in our life, and that we use Sunday as an anchoring point for us in that. And with our kids, our kids, we love our kids uh, and they bring great joy to us. And we have realized along the way, and Andrew has explained this uh, and offered for this for us uh, at other ways at other times to say, oh, maybe we won't go back to the way things were, that we show up to a Sunday and we uh, perhaps we outsource the discipleship of our kids to another room, uh, another place, and just hope that they get something of Jesus, and then we'll just go on our normal lives. But what if what our kids learn about what God is like is actually learned in our midst, alongside of us, and that what they see and learn about what God is like is actually what they see and learn of our lives, and that this practice of worshiping together might teach something to our kids about what God is like. And so it's by design that as we open our doors again, that kids are with us. We actually, in a COVID reality, we do not have the ability to section off other rooms in this Ryerson building so that kids can meet in other spaces. So long before actually those restrictions kind of were dictated to us, we'd already be considering well, what would it look like for kids to sit alongside us and to see us worshiping God? And maybe even we can learn something from our kids. And so there, there's all these sort of things that are taking place and what we consider going forward for us at St. Clair with our Sundays. We've spoken before about how Sunday is like a spiritual practice for us as a way of shaping us. It was actually February 4th. 2019. If you want to go back and listen through our podcast, it's still available on our website or wherever you get a podcast. It's February 4th, 2019. And we talked about how Sunday for us is a discipline that shapes us. It's a wave orientation as a, as a rhythm through our weeks. It is a place of being known. It is where we are found in community. And the liturgy that we do together is by design helping us practice publicly what we seek to do privately. And maybe just a couple last thoughts. If we've been waiting to put our spiritual life back together and we're hoping that Sunday can kind of be the thing that just clicks it all together to make that happen, well, I don't think it will take long. And maybe you've already realized that Sunday can't be everything. So as much as we are saying Sunday is essential for our formation in the way of Jesus as a community together, it is. We believe it is essential and that we need it. It also can't be everything. And so if we've been waiting and holding out for just the Sunday thing to return so that our spiritual life can just get back in order and that we can sort of hit start again on meaningful rhythms in our life. But in the meantime, we've just kind of hit pause and just hoping that, you know, we can get by in the meantime. Well, I don't, COVID's been going on long enough that I'm, I'm sure you know for yourself and I realize for myself, I can't just get by. I need, uh, I need help. I need things in my life to orientate me and to lead me into good places so that I can learn to live in the way of love. And a Sunday gathering is one 
of those ways. You may have noticed that as a church community, we were not panicked or we're not worried about whether or not a Sunday can happen the way we want it to. We just, all along the way, we've been forced to have our hands very open with what a Sunday looks like for us. And in that openness, we've had a sense of, um, I would say, renewal, that our gathering together is a place to remind us of our hunger and thirst for the living God, that we would know God's presence and that we are okay to sort of zigzag our way through how a Sunday can hold us together as a community, as a collection of these missional families. The form, yeah, that'll, that'll keep changing as we go. Uh, we'll keep being creative as we need to be, but why we do it deeply matters because we long for it to be a place of healing, a place of transformation for us as a community. And I, I was thinking of this example. Uh, back in September, uh, the prayer group that I'm a part of, we were meeting at a, uh, at a very early hour in my backyard, socially distanced. And uh, it was early enough that when we started prayer group, it was dark. It was pitch black. I had to turn on sort of the backyard patio lights. And I'd never done that in the early morning. I've only ever thought to do that in the evening. So it was sort of an odd experience for me singing in my backyard in the early morning in the dark, praying with some friends uh, through our prayer group liturgy. And when we started prayer, uh, we always take 10 minutes for quiet, 10 minutes for silence. And this, this, this practice of listening to Jesus and what he may be saying. And when we started, it was pitch black. And because we hadn't done this in a while, and it was sort of the summer had gone by, and we're getting back into the rhythm, 10 minutes felt like a really long time. Like it was agonizingly long. And if you've ever tried to be silent for even just a couple minutes, and you're, it's not a, a practice that's a habit for you, you can often look at your watch or your phone and feel like, man, that timer must be broken. Like so much more time has gone by. Anyways... A full 10 minutes went by as it just normally does. Uh, but I kept my eyes closed during that time. And I realized when I opened my eyes after 10 minutes had passed, that not only did 10 minutes pass, but the darkness had also passed in that time. That as I opened up my eyes, I realized, whoa, morning has come. Like the sun had started to rise and we started in darkness and now we were, we were moving on in daylight. And what for most of that time, most of that 10 minutes felt agonizingly long. It only took 10 minutes for the new day to begin. And I was just struck at, man, there's a lot that just happened in 10 minutes. Man, that happens every day. But that was just my little moment of realizing whoa, there's a lot more that was happening than I realized in that 10 minutes, even though that 10 minutes felt very long. And St. Clair, I wonder that in the agonizingly long time of COVID and in this patient wait of how it is we can gather together like we always have on a Sunday, it has felt like a long time. And honestly, it may still feel like a long time before there's any sense of normal again. But what I would hold to is that I think a lot is happening in that time. 
in stuff that we might not even really be able to see or appreciate until we come out the other side, whenever that is. But we think what God is doing in our midst has something to do with this Matthew 21 bit. Where Jesus came in, he was okay to flip the things that, as they, that, the things that were, he was able, okay to flip them for the sake of something else. And then that temple became a place of prayer. It became a place of healing as it was meant to be. And then it became a place where young and old were singing about the wonders of God. That's what we hope for for our Sunday. Some of us will be able to gather to do that this Sunday, November 29th, and others will in future weeks, and we will find our way with this. 